Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. Today, I have a very special guest. I have Antoinette Miner. Um, I was actually introduced from a, by another blogger friend of mine, and I love meeting people in the blogging community. I always wanted to um, be a quote-unquote a blogger <laughs> when I was younger, so super excited to speak with Antoinette. She's a millennial career blogger, a social media strategist, a speaker, and an influencer, and you guys will get to know a whole lot more about her um, through this conversation. She's got a really great story to share, so thank you so much, Antoinette, for joining. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Even in our our 15-minute chat we had before the call, I was like, oh my gosh, we have so much to talk about. So pause and let's let's start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. So tell me about how, because I think the dream to, you know, to be a blogger or whatever is kind of something that a lot of people are after, right? So I Mm -hmm. loved hearing a little bit about your story and I'm excited to dig in more. How did you get started as a millennial career blogger? Oh, when I was working in the corporate world, I just felt like there was just this missing piece, like the the gap between older generations and millennials, right? And how how can we communicate with each other and how can we benefit from one another? I just felt like they didn't understand us. We didn't understand them. And I loved corporate life. Like I could go to work. I loved getting in a suit. I loved sitting at a desk. <laughs> I like being really weird and talking to see to the CEO and like like I loved working and this corporate lifestyle. So um I was telling you earlier one day I walked into work and um the, the VP pulled me in and was like, hey, we're gonna give you a five thousand dollar raise. And at the time I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like I need this student <laughs> loans. Hello. Um but I also kept thinking like why? Like what was the point? Like, I don't, I don't understand why, like I literally have been there maybe six or seven months. So oh, wow. like, why, why are they doing this? Cause 5,000 is a big hike. It's not like a typical raise. Yeah. So then I had figured out that they were kind of doing some damage control and it had come from the top down that they should give me a raise. So that way I'm happy and I can kind of spread like the happy flowers <laughs> around the office so that people would want to stay and be a team. Um, I worked in a sales environment, which is really stressful and really hard. And um, it's really easy for morale to just tank, especially when you have a job where you hear no all day long. Right. And so um, I think they really just, their, their idea or their strategy was make a few people happy so that other people will be happy and then the whole team sticks together. So I'm like, no, nah, okay, I gotta write about this because this is crazy. So um, I wanted to just really, like I said, clear that gap between older generations and millennials because most of us didn't go to college and go to the career center. I didn't go to the career center. My friends didn't go to the career center. 
Um, you know, and then sometimes some of us weren't, didn't have the privilege of going to an internship because most of them were unpaid at the time. And then even when you did that, you probably most likely got the coffee and didn't learn much. So like, there's these false hopes and dreams that they give you in college about you're going to get out of college and be the next CEO, which is true, but it's going to take 15, 20 years and some (laughs) office politicking and some strategy plans and some career mapping and pathing and getting to know your coworkers and really just not getting, getting in the rut of the daily things. So I didn't say this before to you, but the idea was to write a book and my but my attention span is very short (laughs) and I also went to school for public relations and unlike journalism public public relations professionals are taught to keep it short simple and sweet so I can like convey my words really easily within a couple of sentences which is why I really didn't do well on those long paper tests (laughs) but (laughs) so I was like let me just put this in blog form and then maybe like I'll compile them to be a book which never ended up happening but then it just became a blog and the young professionalist was born from there very cool i mean it could still become a book come on look at you uh, you're years ahead of you Um, maybe (laughs) well i guess we never know but um i won't get too morbid right um but you do have a lot of years ahead of you and it's awesome that you have done all of this so young and that you were able to identify that gap. And so, so what happened, like, how did, cause you said, I think you said before that you weren't out to be like the next big blogger or anything like that, but you started mm-hmm. building a tribe and you did that through just sharing stories about the everyday um, that was happening in the office. So tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about kind of like what things you would share and what, your readers could take away from that? Sure. Yeah. I was not trying to be someone's millennial career coach. Like not, <laughs> nope, not me. Um, not I. And so um, I just was sharing stories that were just happening to me. Um, I would talk about being sent home because I wore the wrong thing to work. I mean, I, almost everybody has had that happen to them. And then like, what, what did I learn from it? Um, I would talk about how to have conversations with a manager that's probably older than you and convey your message and get it across and be heard in a room full of people who who might say, say to you, which has happened to me several times, um, I have shoes older than you, which I'm like, okay, you got shoes older than me, but I, I'm also valuable in this situation. So listen, right. <laughs> listen to what I'm saying. And your so shoes aren't college educated. <laughs> right. My shoes aren't college educated. So then I, so I would just tell stories about what was happening to me and not be afraid to tell real stories. Sometimes I think when people get into blogging, they'll, they'll go after what's trending or they'll go after what's, what might sound good when in reality, people just want something to relate to. So I talked about being the token person and how, you know, me and my, all my coworkers got in a fight over it and how did we deal with that? And so I just wanted to talk about real things because everybody could relate to something like that in their office, but how can we benefit and move on? Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's so important because, you know, I, like it's on my website, I say, your story matters and it's, it can be applied in so many ways. And this is one of those ways because 
and I see this a lot on social media and we'll talk about social media because I know you're very passionate about that as well. But one of the things that I see people always saying is, um, and I understand where they're coming from, but they'll, you know, if they're, if they're social media advisors, for example, they'll say, you know, stop talking about yourself. Nobody wants to know, you know, about you tell them what you can do for them. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, there's a middle ground because you can show people what you can do for them through Mm -hmm. sharing your stories. And people want that. They want the human side. So what's Mm -hmm. your, what's your take on that? So when I, when I hear people say that, I always tell them this story because I am by no means like a influencer with hundreds of thousands of followers and millions of followers. I got a little tribe but they're all very engaged and supportive, which is more important than anything because Mm -hmm. you can have a lot of ghosts following you, not doing anything. I think there was one girl, I think maybe last year, they were talking about how she had millions of followers and then she launched a t-shirt brand and only sold three t-shirts. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, and it's because like, there's no connection. They, They might be looking at her pictures, but like, People need to know you in order for you to get your message across. And so the the best example I could give is when I eventually quit my job and I did it as a joke because I'm, I'm a jokester on Instagram. Like I, I look crazy. I say crazy things, but that's just me. So I created an Amazon wish list that said I quit my job stuff and it had pins, peanut butter and jelly and ramen noodles (laughs) and it had like paper and like little stuff that I was like yeah I quit my job and running my own business I need pins but then I also put food for my dog on the list and people actually purchase food for her. Oh my gosh. I need people to purchase my dog food. <laughs> right. We're just talking about how expensive they are. She's they expensive. Are. Um, and people will be like, well, uh, nowadays people will send me cash apps for like $5 and be like, go take Macy to Dunkin' Donuts because she loves munchkins. Oh and they God. don't have to do that. But I'm sharing with them who I am and they know she's a big, huge part of me and they fall in love with her. And they say to me some days when she's not there, they're like, where's Macy? What is she doing today? Did you take her to get her munchkins? Why haven't you? Did you take her out? I'm like, come on, this is about me. But <laughs> not my day, dog. <laughs> right. She's like, she doesn't even care. I mean, she's grateful for the food, but, right. when, but we had, we had at least, three months worth of food when I quit my job because I just was telling relatable stories and sharing who I was with people and being transparent about it. Oh, I, I absolutely love that. And I mean, dogs, like, right. Most people, if you're, if you don't like dogs, like there's something wrong with you, (laughs) but no, I love that story. And it's just, it just goes to show the power of being relatable. And we do that through sharing stories. So Mm-hmm. I I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And then, um, so I I have so many questions, and I keep getting sure. on these, these rabbit trails. But as a side note, is so we talk about you, and you probably see this on social media all the time, right? People are like, "What is your why?" And I mean, we mm-hmm. have a lot of whys, right? I have a lot of different whys, but one that I see keep popping up, and I think especially with millennials, is our dogs are one of our wives. <laughs> We're like, I'm doing this for my dog. Yep. Do you feel that way? I do. Yeah. Every, I, even, like, if I have a will, I just, I just say everything goes to the dog. <laughs> it's hers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Okay. Sorry. I just like off topic, but I just <laughs> seeing it. And it's, I mean, I have four dogs. You're going to think I'm crazy. Oh, you do? No. I do. 
yeah, I'll share pictures, but um, they're definitely, you know, for me, I'm like, I, you know, a huge part of like why I don't want to work in an office or leave home is because I'm like, I can be here for my dogs. They don't have to go to a kennel or whatever, you know, so Mm -hmm. um, just a side note, but I, I was curious about that. Um, so with the, uh, the gap, right. We were talking earlier about how we can, we like the, the older generation in the workplace has a lot they can learn from the younger generations, but you are also kind of touching on, you know, how the younger generation sometimes wants that instant gratification and that we can also kind of step back and learn from the older generation and that it should be, you know, go both ways. So, you know, how do you, let's just kind of talk about that because I think it's important for everyone to know, like, this isn't a one-sided thing, right? Right. So it's two sides to the stories and I'm going to get a little like analytical um, about it because I'm a YouTube documentary junkie. Mm, Yeah. Um, I Listen, I could go down rabbit holes all day with YouTube. (laughs) But I mean, you you learn a lot of valuable information. So yes, I I think there's two sides to the story. I think that you know millennials have a lot to learn from older generations because they they understand what it is to put the time in to get to where you need to be. And for example, they could work a job 15, 20 years, leave with a pension or severance package, and you know retire comfortably. But they knew that that was going to take time. I remember clear as day, my, my pop-pop, before he retired, he's like, yeah, I could retire this year, but if I do three more years, that's a little bit more money with retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, and you climb up the ranks. And for them, the, the, the difference is that, you know, college degrees and master's degrees didn't necessarily mean a lot. It was more so about experience. So you have a lot of people who just have a high school degree in the career space, um, but with much more experiences than you and I or anyone else who's a millennial um, that are winning jobs over us because they have the experience. So that's one side to it. Like they they understand that. Um, They understand, I guess I should say, the the strategicness of um, office politics. Right. So I think we all could learn from that. Um, when millennials typically walk through the door, like we're, we're fed this dream, like you are going to be the CEO in two years. No, 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 don't work like that. Right. Um, it does not work like that. And not because people don't want you to be, but you have to put the time in. I mean, you have to learn how to answer the phone and do customer service before you can move up and be in marketing and know how to deal with the customers that you talk to in marketing. Right. And then, you know, before you become the VP or the, the executive, you need to know how to, um, you know, strategize and create a company plan or a business plan before you can do that and understand what the numbers are and the analytics are. So like, it's a journey, but it's a step-by-step journey that you can take. Um, and sometimes I think we, we leave the corporate space because we want to be our own bosses and our own CEOs, but the a corporate job is where you're going to learn the most about being an entrepreneur, like hands down. Um, and there's a lot of benefits to working. You just have to make them work for you. So for example, like if I, I don't think I could be where I was today if I didn't take a sales marketing or pub, or public speaking class from work. 
Mm -hmm. And so I learned how to sell myself. I learned how to pitch and I learned how to talk in front of audiences of all sizes, all things you have to do as an entrepreneur. And if you think about it in that way, it's like, okay, well, I just got to set myself up for, for what I really want. What can I get out of this job? And I think older, older generations understand that. But on the millennial side, I think the older generation has to understand that we are the generation that is coming out of an economic depression. Right. So we, we're suffering after that whole market crash. Some of us who, who graduated before that crash um, are still doing pretty well because we had time to, I, well, not me, but they <laughs> had time to, you know, be in the workforce for a little bit and um, get the experience and stay, stay in their jobs or bounce back quickly because they had the experience. So now that this whole market has crashed, there's people staying in the workforce longer and there's no room for us to get the executive positions that we want once we do get the experience, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, um, and then jobs want us to, you know, have two master's degree, five years of experience, jump on one leg and sell our soul for an entry level <laughs> position. So, so Right. And then the older generations are looking at us like, oh, I was able to do it. Yeah. Well, Bob, when you were able to do it, a house also cost a hundred dollars. <laughs> so like you have to understand the times and the, and the, the barriers against us just because the market crash at that particular time, it's really hard. And we're living in a, in, in a world where people like me have to work two, three, four side hustles and jobs in order to just make ends meet. So we're not, we're not progressing as far as our older generations, but then you have people who are like my little brother who is eight years younger than me. And if you look at the statistics, he's going to make more money than I ever will in a corporate job just because he was born eight years later than me. Wow. Um, so it's like, it's a whole ball of things but we all have to learn from each other and be patient with one another so that way we understand each other and we don't have these stereotypes that people are living off of especially for the millennials who people still think are like 15 year olds and that's not the case mm -hmm. um in order to for us all to progress and like create a real plan if that makes sense yeah absolutely one of the things that's really striking me because this conversation is is so insightful because i am older than you like i'm on the the cusp of like mm -hmm. not quite being a millennial anymore, right? And so I mm -hmm. kind of fall into that, oh, I had the work experience before, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, but one of the things I really love about how you approach um, what it is that you do is that you're not just, you put sort of facts and statistics and education, whether it's, I, I don't even mean traditional education, right? Like self-education mm -hmm. through learning about um, different trends and stuff behind what it is you do. And that speaks volumes to to everyone but especially the the older generations they want to see like the numbers right they want to see like here's um statistically speaking this is why it's happening instead of just you're a millennial who's like bitter or something not that you sound mm -hmm. bitter but do you know what i mean yeah mm -hmm. um so i really love that approach so i just wanted to to point that out because i think this conversation for me is even like, I'm just over here, like taking notes. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was so long winded, but no, it's, gosh, just, it's no. a lot. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a storytelling podcast. That's what it's all about. So I'm, I'm, 
I'm loving this. And I want to go back to something you said about um, learning to be an entrepreneur through your job, because that's how I had, when I wanted to transition to do my own thing, because unlike you, I hated corporate. I was like, <laughs> no, suits suck. I hate sitting at a desk. Like all the things you said, it was like the opposite, right? Uh -huh. and so I wanted out so bad, but the way I had to start looking at the workplace was, okay, I'm going to learn what I can about how a business is run. And it made me a better employee. <laughs> right? Because then yep. I had a reason to be there. But then of course it did make me um, a better entrepreneur because I'm like, not just going out and doing something where I'm like, I want to be my own boss, but I really don't know what I'm doing. It gave me that experience. So I'm super interested in what we started talking about before, which is you love corporate, but mm -hmm. now you create, like you, you created something for yourself that kind of like, forced you out of corporate in a way, or I don't know if forced is the right word. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that, like how you tra are transitioning or have transitioned or kind of like that, that flip that happened. Mm -hmm. I call myself the accidental entrepreneur. Um, I was not going to quit my job until like maybe six months before I actually did it. Mm. And um, I always just thought it was going to be something I did on the side, but I always tell people like the universe aligns and tells you, tells you what your next step should be and you should pay attention to the signs. And I also feel like um, I have extreme favor and that I know what I'm meant to do at such a young age. Some people are stuck or they don't find out what that is and they live a whole life doing something they don't want to do because they don't, they don't know what their passion is. And so I think that the stars just aligned and, and made it so that it was easy to, do, to, to quit. Mm -hmm. um, because at first I was working in the super corporate environment in sales. And then I went to the nonprofit life um, because sales is a very stressful job. Um, it, it does have the, its freedoms to it, but you know, if your client opens at 3 a.m., you better be there at 3 a.m., um, so I wanted some of my time back. I mean, I missed the money. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> of course. The money, the money was great. I lived, I lived my best life for those couple of years. <laughs> but um, I also wanted my time back. So not even thinking that it was going to lead to something different. Um, I, I moved to the nonprofit side of things and I started doing program management and somebody gave me a chance. It was a connection that I had with somebody. I did not have program management certificates or training or anything like that, but they were like, I think you really could do this based on what you've done before. So, um, I took that job and things started to crumble and they did a huge, massive layoff, um, three months before I put in my resignation letter. And it was just, probably one of the most awful work environments I've ever worked in before in my life. And when people often talk about what happens when you get laid off, but there's not a lot of people who talk about what happens when you are saved from a layoff. Mm -hmm. And I actually never wrote that blog. I, I, I really should write that blog, but I also um, felt that it was insensitive to the people who did lose their job at the time. And I didn't want to do something um, while it was so fresh. Gotcha. Um, 
So maybe one day I'll go back and I'll actually write that blog. But it turns into my department in reality went from like a team of six to a team of three. And then my boss went out on maternity leave. So now we're talking a team of two. Mm. And when those people leave, somebody has to do their job. The operations still have to run. There's just not enough money to pay those people. So now there's other responsibilities that are put on you. And that was even more stressful. So now the people that I really connected with at work every single day are not there. And I have to do their job. And it just feels like this whole company is pretty much crumbling. So, um, and I had like an inkling of what I was going to do before, but then that just kind of put the seal of approval on it. Like, all right, you got to go. And again, the stars lined up because um, I put in my resignation letter. (laughs) They knew they couldn't lose me. They knew that that they were in a position where they needed someone to fill my shoes at all times because my program bought in at least $100,000 to the organization. And that's a lot of money to the nonprofit in a nonprofit space. For sure. So um, it worked out because I was able to consult with them for, I think it was like a total of eight months. So I got to run my own business and then got them as a client and um, had that extra income because when I left, I left, um, my side hustle money was about half the money that I was making in my, in my um, nine to five job. And I said, okay, well, if I can do business development and pitch, I probably can replace this income over time. But because they had did the consulting, I didn't need to replace that income right away. I was able to slowly roll out my plan and then replace the income before that contract run, ran out. So Again, I never thought I would be doing this by myself, but when I looked up and saw that half of my income was being made with side hustle money, I said, I got to give it a shot. And it was at first going to be just a summer, and now (laughs) we're over a year, and um, the dog's still eating, so I guess it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is what matters, absolutely. That is a very smart way to go about it and, you know, very strategic, and you mentioned that earlier is something that um, everyone, but, you know, specifically millennials, since that's your audience, um, you know, could really do well to focus on, right, is Mm -hmm. career path planning and strategy, so kudos to you for, for making such a smart, I mean, that you, you had them like wrapped around your finger, right? You're like, you need me. Um, yeah. That was a very smart transition. So that's awesome. So tell people what it is that you do now. Um, mm-hmm. Like tell us a little bit about your business and, and what it mm-hmm. is that you do. And then I'm going to pick on you about um, screen time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when I was blogging, I had to figure out how to do social media because we, you can write the best blog of your life, but if no one's reading it, then what's the point? Right. So I wanted to start, you know, marketing my blog and like any blogger at some point you need to monetize it. So I figured, let me do this and start bringing in some money and all that other good stuff. And I kind of was like on the influencer route and, um, and I, you know, I like influencers. There's nothing, nothing against it, but it, right. it kind of really didn't fit my mold. Um, so then after a couple of months of doing that and people were like, well, how do you get your feed to look like that? Well, what hashtags do I use? And I was like, eh, are you asking me because this is a conversation 
are we having a consultation? Right. Do you need to cash at me a little bit? <laughs> um, so um, I made the decision to go ahead and start the business after people were doing that. And then a college, old college friend of mine referred me to a um, client who needed some social media help. Again, I did not know that this was my path, but I loved being on Instagram. I loved viewing it. I loved looking at stuff. Um, I, I even love Vine. Rest in peace, Vine. Like, bring <laughs> it back. Please, someone, go find Vine and bring it back. Um, we, can, we don't need Snapchat. Just bring back Vine. We don't. Um, how do you feel about, well, we can get to that, but like TikTok. Everybody's like, oh, it's the new Vine. I'm like, uh, I can't get into it. But It's not the same thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I still have to explore TikTok a little bit because, you know, I always have to be like on what the next trend is going to sure. be or what the next platform is going to be. So I got to look into it a little bit more. But um, out of my love of social media and all of that that happened, I created TYP Social Media Company. And while we do manage um, social media and digital marketing for small businesses throughout the East Coast, we also do web design, graphics, um, strategy plans, a little bit of branding. Um, so pretty much you can call on us if it has anything to do with digital marketing and we will make it happen for you. Very cool. I, you know, it's again, very smart move. If people are asking, this is something I always say, give the people what they want. If people are asking mm -hmm. you for something, they're highlighting something that they clearly think you are good at, you know, have mm -hmm. a talent for. And as long as it's something that you also enjoy, like yep. do it because people are going to be willing to pay you. Right. So the market is speaking, um, and telling you what to do. So that is so awesome, Antoinette. I love your journey. And I, uh, like, like I said before, I, I cut you off before because I was like, ah, oh, I want to hear this all for the first time <laughs> on the recording, but it's super inspirational. And, um, really quickly because you don't have to disclose the numbers, but we were, this is yeah. something that came up and, you know, I was like, uh, relatable is because we do, you know, people like you and I who are like online, you know, business and we're promoting our business through social, but we're also just consuming it as users. Like screen mm -hmm. time is a real, it's a real thing. It's an issue, right? Yep. And I get the mm -hmm. notifications about my screen time and it's scary sometimes. So is that something that you like, try to decrease or is it like something that you're like this is just you know how it is it's what I like to do and I also have a life so I don't worry about it like what what's your take on that yeah. so I used to really like get on Siri about trying to shame me and telling me <laughs> what my <laughs> my time FaceTime was and I'm like I don't need that negativity in my life Siri like leave me alone no one asked you stay in your corner um, and I used to feel really bad about it but I had to, you know, I came to the conclusion, like, this is what I do for work. And I'm always looking for what's happening and new strategies and new things to, to explore. Um, and then posting for clients, because a, a big piece of social media marketing is not just posting. Like, you can make a really great caption and post a really great photo, but you have to engage with other accounts. And there's bots that can do that, but there's nothing like doing it um, yourself. And so the real organic way is to do it yourself. So I spent a lot of time like commenting and liking, not necessarily for my account, but for my client's account, because that's what's going to bring in the, um, the growth. So 
um, I don't let Siri bother me too much anymore about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I tell her to make me feel better, but <laughs> also I like when it comes to my personal life, I just pick and choose what I want to show. Mm -hmm. So for example, I know that there's certain events that I just will not put my, pull my phone out and record like everybody's into the whole record the concerts that you go to and all the other stuff like I promise you I've seen all of the Beyonce concert before I actually gone to the Beyonce concert myself I know what's gonna happen I know what songs after this one but like I realized like I'm watching it through a screen when like I'm really nine rows away from Beyonce let me like let me live in this moment exactly so, I've been right there with you there's stuff that I just won't pull my phone out of phone out for and like things in my personal life that I just don't share. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I do that too. And sometimes I find myself recording pieces of a concert and then I go same exact, I mean, usually it is a concert. I'm like, why am I watching this through this tiny screen when the whole thing is happening, you know, IRL <laughs> right, right in front of me. Um, so before I forget, because I'm so engrossed in this conversation, I mm -hmm. almost completely forgot about our word, which is so funny. Yeah. I've never done that before, but I'm just like, hey, tell me more about this. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that we talked about that came out of this journey and something that is sort of a recurring theme for you, something that you come back to all the time is trust. And trust is defined by the dictionary as a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And mm -hmm. what I think is really cool about this definition is you talk about trust as in trusting yourself. So mm -hmm. tell me, tell us a little bit about that. So there's, with, with entrepreneurship, there's no guarantees mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the most insane journey ever um before I took the leap I was asking questions looking for answers like I wanted to know how much ramen people ate <laughs> I wanted to know like did you default on your loans um did your credit score drop um, how did you pay your bills? Like, I wanted to know the nitty gritty because everybody talks about it and they're like, yeah, you know, my business is doing well and I'm running my own business. I'm a girl boss. No, no, no. I want the real story. Like, did you eat this month? Mm -hmm. um, because if, if it, if that's what it's going to take to get to success, then I'm okay with that. I'm good. Like, where I, just let me know that that's going to happen and then I can prepare for it right um so like but I was saying to you earlier like there's ev through everyone's story I couldn't see my own in it and I just had to trust that it was going to be okay so sometimes you know things will happen and you have no idea how you're going to get out of it or you have no idea how you're going to resolve the issue and you just have to trust that it's going to be okay even if you don't even trust in yourself just trust that it's going to be it's going to be okay mm -hmm. because once you get over that then you realize okay whatever will be will be i might not have dinner tonight but i'm going to have steak on friday <laughs> Or, you know, if I don't pay the bill this month or if I get kicked out of my house, 
trust and believe that there will be a couch I can sleep on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just about trusting that at the end of the day, it's a, it's going to work out the way that it's supposed to work out and not the way that you think it's going, not the way that you expect it to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the weird stuff that happens really just works out for the better. Like it should have, it should have happened that way. You won't realize it to the end. Like, okay, now I realize why I was so stressed out so I can handle this one. Right. And that's kind of how your whole, your whole journey has been is like, well, this happened. So this is what I'm going to do with it. And it all worked out. It all worked out. Yeah. And I I just, I love that, that take on it because like you, when I started or actually before I, you know, before I left my job, I was digging, I was like stalking online entrepreneurs or like freelancers because I was like, I want to know how, like, I don't want to just know like the big shiny story that's on your website. I want to know that, like you said, the nitty gritty of how you made it work and all of the struggles. And so that I can map it out and make sure that I, but it doesn't work that way. You have to eventually take the leap. That's why they call it taking a leap and trust that it's just going to work because nobody's two journeys are going to look alike anyway. So nope, not at all. That this was so fantastic, Antoinette. I, like I said, I probably talk to you all day about these things oh. and maybe we will one of these days. I'll have to come out your way um, yeah. and meet up. So let's tell people where they can find you online. I think you mentioned, you mentioned the URL earlier, but tell people again. And, and if you want to share your social handles or anything, because people should definitely connect with you. Sure. So my personal website and where you can read like the really old blogs <laughs> is AntoinetteMinor.com. Um, the business website is TYPSocialMediaCo.com. And if you want to find me online, my favorite platform is Instagram. I'm at AntoinetteKMinor. And then eventually you'll find me on Twitter and Facebook through there. I won't even bore you with all those links. So <laughs> Um, Oh, and then the other thing too, if anyone is interested in business development and sales, um, I do have a podcast called Referrals and Rants that you can listen to. Perfect. No, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure to include um, those details and all those links so people can find you um, in the social posts and stuff when, when this goes out. So thank you so much again for your time. Everybody go follow Antoinette, go connect with her. Um, as you can tell, she's got a lot of knowledge to share. So, uh, until next time or until I'm in, um, Philadelphia, right? Yes. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. If you want to learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast, please visit www.candidlyerin.com or justsaytheword.podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at candidlyerin and make sure to use the hashtag justsaytheword in your social media posts so I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember, Your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story and the world should hear yours.